In this episode, we chat with Innovacer co-founder and CEO, Abhinav Sheshank, who shares his insights on how he built a global company from scratch, the power of having access to India's engineering talent, and how his investors have played a key role in helping the company scale. Innovacer simplifies complex data from all points of care. It streamlines information, helping healthcare organizations make better decisions based on key data insights and predictions. The company's solutions have been deployed across more than 1,000 care settings in the U.S., enabling more than 37,000 providers to transform care delivery and work collaboratively with payers and life sciences companies. We hope you enjoy the show. Abhinav, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a delight to, to chat with you today. Where do you join us from? From San Francisco. Thanks for having me here. Excellent. Excellent. Well, maybe to kick off, you have an outstanding company and background as an entrepreneur. I mean, I think you're generating upwards of 50 million ARR. You may have far surpassed that. You've raised over $200 million from some of the top investors. Let's start with your setup as a global company. You've got folks over in India, you have folks in the US and probably other locations. On the customer side, is are your customers primarily in the US or are you also kind of global in that scope? We started off as a global company. We basically have like our engineering product uh, teams fairly distributed. We have people in San Francisco, we have people in the US, in Boston, in Dallas. And as we've kind of really grown, like uh, we've started expanding. Today, most of our customer presence is in the US, but we are also starting to see traction from other countries which have some sort of a digital infrastructure present for healthcare, this UK and Middle East and other areas as well. One thing that I find fascinating, and obviously for folks that are running companies globally with workforces in India, is the tremendous advantage you have in terms of your labor. First of all, that labor market, the Indian labor market, is producing engineers multiple times faster than the U.S. And then on top of it, you have a tremendous cost advantage. Tell us how that's helped your company innovate as well as serve the customer? I think more and more companies that you're basically seeing, whether that's Atlassian, like uh, really being a global company, like Freshworks went public yesterday, being a global delivery model, it just gives massive advantage to companies that are like distributed that way. One, you're not basically stuck to one talent market and you're able to like attract the best and brightest across various places. And then I think there is a significant cost advantage to doing like engineering at multiple places, um, product and engineering at multiple places across um, the world as well. So we've been like very, very lucky to have like that global delivery model from the inception itself. We've been able to put hundreds of engineers and build a lot of product and innovation. And if you look at Gartner class, all of these places, like our product rankings and like the speed of technology innovation is by far 2x, 3x faster than anyone else who's competing with us. Uh, and that kind of advantage just in the short term, it's helpful. But in the long term, it just gives you such a massive edge because your product is so superior. Uh, and so like, I think like more and more companies, we are going to see global software delivery models becoming a very large part of uh, how we are basically going to see things move in general. So you have a big advantage in that you know the culture you know, of, of working in India so it's not as daunting as it could be for someone who does not know and very familiar with the culture. Tell us what do you think is the, the key to making 
a cross-border team work? I think one of the most important things um, for uh, this to work is that like you need to basically think of this as an integrated fabric. A lot of companies set up a unit for engineering and then start thinking of them as this offshore unit that's basically going to do some parts of uh, code development. That's not the case with us. Decisions are being made at both places. Uh, right and if you don't have teams that will basically make decisions at both ends uh, you'll not really attract the best and brightest um, uh, in general so i think one of the things that we've done really well i think is that we have like product pods like full scale product pods with the product manager with design with engineers completely located either in india in san francisco in dallas in boston all of these type of places which therefore gives them like complete autonomy to bring develop interact with customers uh, do all of those things on their own and i think the key to success in a global delivery model is just to have small teams that would have decision making authority and not necessarily just solving one part of the problem and not knowing like the overall context of what they are solving mm-hmm. and you know india has great schools iit is one of the most famous of the academic institutions and uh, i believe that's where you graduated from internationally competitive one thing that I'm curious about is, given the cost advantage, can you compare kind of apples to apples? An engineer coming out of IIT and an engineer coming out of Stanford or, or MIT, can they be of the same caliber in terms of ability to innovate and just background training? I ask because I think you put it round numbers. If you paid, and this these aren't accurate, but if you paid... An engineer from the U.S. 100, you know, in India, it's probably, you know, a smaller fraction of that, maybe 12, 15. So Sundar Pichai came out of IIT and uh, Arvind, who is the CEO of uh, IBM, basically came out of IITs. So you are basically seeing the same talent. I think like talents are fairly globally distributed at this point. And it's just about can you basically provide the same kind of opportunities um, on creative throughput and output um, uh, to them like in India in general. It gives you like a cost advantage in general. It's the same caliber people that are basically like coming out. We have people from MIT, Stanford, Berkeley, IITs, like all of them basically working at same levels, SD1s, SDs2, SD3s, and they're basically just working as a group and we haven't seen like uh, it's the same thing from an outcome perspective. We've been like very, very excited about the fact that you're building this truly integrated global company in a way where uh, talent from various places um, has been able to collaborate in such ways and deliver such incredible outcomes. It's been four years since we've been doing healthcare. Two and a half of them after we built out the product, we've been world number one in our products, uh, mm-hmm. right? Anyone that we are competing with, product, the design philosophy, everything has been incredibly well thought through. And we think like that's going to be like a competitive edge for us, even like in the long term in general. It seems if you're a capital efficient minded CEO that you would want to and you're building a company over the long run that needs to innovate, that needs to stay ahead of technology, that you would invest into building part of your organization in India. Why don't you think more people are doing that or more companies are doing that? 
I think the scaled up organizations, all of them have done it, right? Microsoft has this huge center. Amazon has this huge center. All of these companies, Google, Bangalore has thousands of people. So I think the scaled up companies, like all of them basically have very, very large centers. Like Adobe develops a large part of their software, like cloud services innovation is basically happening out of Delhi. And so the scaled up companies have figured this out that yes, when you're growing very fast and very, in general, people tend to go and do things that they know best uh, and they don't have to figure out stuff, right? And opening up a different geography is figuring out stuff like dev centers. How do you communicate? The collaboration processes have to be set up in that way. And it's a lot of like figuring out time zones and working through them becomes a little bit hard. But the kind of advantage that it provides you in the long term is just incredible. As a company, we're now reaching like three digit, like million ARR in general, and we've burnt less than $100 million till date. Like we've raised a lot more and but spent like our net burn has basically been sub $100 million um, in that sense. So it gives you the amount of stuff that we've built. If we would have basically built all of that, not in this global construct, we would have probably burned through 300, 400 million dollars. It just gives you like this massive advantage for sure that you can innovate much faster. You can build products much faster. And especially in an enterprise setting where you need holistic products to exist and like a piecemeal approach does not cut it. You can't even compete without that kind of like thematic. Now, speaking of capital, you've got Tiger, you know, on your cap table, you've got Sequoia and other notable names. What value do you think, you know, obviously there's some like halo effect too, when you have these names on your cap table, but what value kind of beyond the financial capital and that halo effect have your investors brought? They've been very helpful on talent acquisition. They've been helpful in making the right kind of introductions for someone like us who moved from India. Like I moved from India five years ago to San Francisco. It was a massive change. Understanding the culture, understanding how things work, all of it was new. Like healthcare in the US was new. People were new. It's been incredible how investors have basically been able to connect us to people to understand how all of it works. And I think that transition would have been like really, really hard if you did not have investors who would um, have had took out the time to explain and like really work with you to make some of those transitions sort of like happen. Right? We have Lightspeed and Westbridge and Dragoneer, Tiger, Mubadla, Steadview and Microsoft is a big investor. All of those have been like incredible relationships. We've been able to sort of like work with them. B Capital has been like incredibly helpful. They have helped with BCG and all of the things that they provide. Uh, It's all been like just providing context of how do you build and then also basically being able to walk through like what are others basically doing what are best in breed metrics that you should be tracking. Are you tracking in the right direction, etc. We've been lucky that like I think all metrics we've been in the top decile of performance like growth has been 100% net retentions have been 125 130% uh, gross margins have been 75 80% etc but just basically understanding that what are those core metrics that you really have to be looking forward to and how does it kind of really translate into building a long term company etc that collaborative effort around the board and um, investors have been very very helpful now you're a, I'd say, relatively young CEO, and and you've kind of gone up the ranks in terms of where your company sits today among the myriad of other startups. Presumably, you've had to grow 
as well as a person, as, as kind of a, a leader, what do you think, what's the area of growth that you're most proud of, you know, where you look back and you say, had I not been pursuing this ambitious goal to build this company, I would not have become this person. And it was like a defining kind of characteristic that you've developed, I'd say, it could be more recently, or, or it could have been, maybe it's a realization about how to act as a leader or, you know, how to comport yourself. I think uh, for us generally, like culture has been like a really important piece. We basically feel like one of the things that is very ingrained or two things that are very ingrained in our company has been making customers superheroes um, is very, very important thing that we sort of drive towards uh, that as an enterprise software company, a lot of consumer tech companies, like there is all of the limelight around consumer tech. As an enterprise software companies, you have to understand that your customers' wins are basically how you get defined. And how do you basically embed that part of the culture that you are not here to create yourself as the superhero, but make your customers superhero and really making people understand that like across the organization has been like a journey. How do you make people like, because there is all kind of talent wars people are. Um, like all kind of consumer tech, all kind of flashy companies are basically all around you. And how do you then embed that culture that your win is not defined by anything else, but how your customers succeed in the long term, right? So that's been a very, very important learning curve for me. How do you motivate people across continents in some way to really learn this part of it? Then I think just making an integrated culture that there is one culture, there is the innovator culture. There's not like the US culture, there is not the India culture, there is the innovator culture. That's a very, very hard problem to solve. I think people, under, especially at the younger stage of the company, if you are able to make that well, you'll scale really, really well in the long term. But it was hard. We started when we started hiring in two different locations. Who are the people? Where do you put them? How do you basically have leaders uh, feel empowered? They are making decisions, uh, etc. Like was all hard. And I think like, especially like as a young CEO managing like 20 people, which is like a fun group to work hard, play hard with, um, to basically suddenly becoming a leader of a thousand people group and where your responsibility sets are very, very different. I think the biggest transition was your ability to let go. Someone else is basically going to like run this part. Like you don't have to be making that decision. And I think especially for like people who are like, Younger in their journeys of building companies, this is the first, we came out of undergrad and started doing this, right? So forget about basically building a company. We hadn't done anything before this. Uh, so just making that transition that at some point you were just basically writing the code yourself and doing the design yourself uh, and selling it yourself. And how do you basically let go and like have leaders that would drive that? Uh, I think that was just an incredible learning experience and uh, it still remains to be. And I think Satya Nadella basically talks about the concept of empathy quite a bit. And I've just been a big fanboy that in all of these things, the biggest thematic that I've learned is how to empathize with what's going on. Got it. Well, we're, we're coming up on time here. So one last question is, who do you think is the best CEO or leader of the modern era? I really admire Satya. Like, I think I have just incredible amount of respect for what Satya has done, like the transformation that is driven for Microsoft to a cloud company. It's hard to pivot when you are a small company, 
Got it. Well, that's a good note to end on. Abhinav, thank you so much for taking the time again. I know our audience will find this very insightful. Perfect. Thanks for having me here.